Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever's on their mind, and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thank you for your support, and once again, welcome home. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining in on this week's episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. I hope everyone's having a good week. And this week, we're going to be continuing with uh, having a returning guest on the show. I am, or I was preparing for this guest because he's someone who's not usually in town. And I found out like a week or two ago that him and his wife were going to be here. And the, one of the first things I did was texted him and said, hey, do you have time to sit down and record a podcast with me? Because I wanted to uh, take advantage of the opportunity. And so he uh, graciously said yes. And him and his wife have been staying with Alexis and I this weekend and really just enjoy getting to spend some time with him. And I'd like to welcome my cousin, Jackson Katina, to the show. Thank you for coming back, bro. Dude, thank you for having me again. It's a, it's a blessing. I'm so gracious for doing this again, bro. <laughs> it's always a, a treat to have you and Leah in town. And you guys made the trip from Knoxville, Tennessee a few days ago. What did you guys come in town for? We came in town um, to do a early Mother's Day celebration for her mom, and um, but I mean just to see family too. Yeah. So, and um, you know that drive, that drive is what like three hours. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not too bad. No, you guys are. It's quick and easy. <laughs> it's it's weird because you know I don't. So I went like. I guess you did too. Most of our lives, we lived far away from each other. Yeah. And then for like four or five years, we were roommates. Yeah. So we saw each other every day. Yeah. And now we're back to, we don't see each other that often yeah. anymore. But it's kind of, it's sad to me that I don't, I don't live with you anymore. I know. But um, it's, like I said, it's always a treat to have you in town. And mm. I'm glad, I think that our listeners will be blessed by you today. And, um, you know, I, this is only your second time on the show, yep, right? Second time, yeah. So the first time we did uh, your three questions. Yep. Do you remember what they were? Um, well, but I know the the third is always the yeah. same. Um, the first two, the first one was, "Do I believe in aliens?" Okay, yeah. And then the second was, um, "If I could spend a day with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be?" Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think you were one of our very first guests, mm-hmm. like first five weeks or yeah. so and now it's weird so i think this is episode 43 yeah I think, um yeah. so we're still going yeah. <laughs> you came when i was still back at my apartment i do remember that yeah and so now i'm in the house and yeah well anyways for returning guests you probably know this but i don't do the three questions for mm-hmm. for them i just ask one question and it's the question it's a question i've asked you before and it's really what this podcast is all about. And that's why I still want to ask this question. And you can answer it however you want. But it's this. What's going on at home? What is going on at home? Um, well, first, I want to recognize, like you said, that the last time we did this, you and I both were engaged. Yes. We were living in different homes mm-hmm. um, and not really doing the the current career that we're doing now. Yeah. Um, so... Since then, I've gotten married. Um, I've moved to Knoxville, and I started PT school. So that's what's been going on at home, just um, enjoying married life, uh, getting to live every day with my best friend, um, starting physical therapy school. We just started quarter four. Um, so believe it or not, we're almost at the year mark after this quarter, which has been crazy. It's wow. been flying by. And yeah, just trying to just trying to soak in each and every day and be appreciative of every day um, is something I've been trying to do lately at home. Um, I feel like 
when I was engaged, I was looking forward to getting married. And then after I got married, it was looking forward to finishing physical therapy school, but I'm just trying to slow down and, and, uh, be grateful for every day. Yeah, that is crazy. So you're right. It, last time we recorded, it was like on the eaves of our weddings yeah. and a lot of change was about to happen in both of our lives. I want to go back to that. So just tell me, how was the wedding for you? How was that experience? Best. I mean, I know it's, everyone says this, but it truly was the best day of my life. Um, I mean, just having everybody that you could ever imagine, uh, supporting you on the biggest day is like, uh, it just meant the world. And, uh, obviously being able to, uh, you know, commit to my best friend forever. So, I mean, it was just a beautiful day and yeah, yeah I'm sure. How was it for you? I loved my wedding. Yeah. I always tell people this when they ask that my wedding was perfect and it was because of all of the preparation that Alexis did. Yeah. She like she had everything all of her T's crossed and I's dotted. Did yeah. I say that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well like done. she everything went super smoothly. So on the actual wedding day, I was just able to enjoy it. I yeah. I wasn't worried about anything not going right like I knew because of Alexis everything was great so I wasn't stressed really like I had like the normal nerves I think that are Mm -hmm. natural but I really just enjoyed it and um just being around like everyone who like my family my close friends people from like different parts of my life like high school college um, and then Alexis having the same thing, all of those people in the same place celebrating us. It's, uh, I'll never get to experience that again. Yeah. Uh, and it was an amazing, uh, amazing day. So, and yeah, it was like, it was, I think that the wedding day itself is like, if it goes right, it can be, it's just a great way to start the marriage, yeah. like to start off on like the highest note possible and um and then we went on the honeymoon and i don't know it was just it was great because i was i'm not i wasn't like uh struggling but like my life leading up to the wedding was if i'm being honest not that fun like i was just living at my parents house which is great but um i also was 25 years old and Like I was ready to like be out of my parents' house. And then um, I wanted to be with Alexis. I was just working and spending a lot of time doing the planning. And so once the wedding came, it was like this huge celebration, great, greatest day of my life. And then just getting to start marriage where I don't have to plan a wedding anymore. And I can just enjoy being with my wife. Like you said, living every day with her. It was great. So yeah, good. Um, so after, well, you had moved to Knoxville shortly before your wedding, but yep. you basically moved, you were starting something completely new after your wedding. Yep. Um, starting something new besides just your marriage. You were starting school. Mm-hmm. And now you're like halfway done, basically. Almost, yeah. I want to ask you, because every once in a while, you'll send, um, you'll send me and like some of our cousins like a picture of something really gross yeah. that you're learning about, <laughs> yeah. which I never, I, I never considered that you would have to learn about really gross things. Yeah. When I think of like PT, I think of like physical therapy, like people stretching or doing like little exercises or yeah. stuff. But I want to ask you, yeah. what's the grossest thing you've had to learn about in PT school so far? Uh, the grossest? Something that's really just stuck with you. Um, man, I mean, some of the, the pictures that I've sent you were pretty, pretty gruesome. Um, I mean, I would just start there. Like when people think of physical therapy, like you said, they don't think of like very, uh, traumatic injuries. They think of like, you know, you tore or you sprained an ankle. So you Mm -hmm. go to see a physical therapist, but this quarter specifically, um, is, uh, we're kind of more focused on the acute care setting, uh, 
meaning like hospital setting. And that's the part of physical therapy most people don't see. They don't realize that physical therapists aren't just in outpatient clinics. They're in hospitals. They're in skilled nursing facilities. And so um, we have to be trained to uh, deal with some pretty traumatic injuries. Um, And so as far as the grossest, one of the pictures I sent you was... uh, a person's calf split open. Um, and I mean, that's just, yeah, that's a procedure that's done to, um, alleviate, um, basically pressure buildup inside of of the calf. And it was, it was essentially my program's way of telling us students, Hey, if you, if you don't educate your patients that this is something you can treat, this is gonna, they're, they're gonna have to get this surgery done. Um, and we don't want that. So, let your patients know that if they have, um, yeah, this syndrome, I I won't get into it. Yeah. So anyways, I want to ask, so are you aware of what imposter syndrome is? Yeah. I'm curious. Do you have any of that? A hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I think about like the things that you're learning about and the things that you'll be uh, dealing with eventually in the future. Mm -hmm. Like people really trust their doctors. Yeah. And I know if, for me, if someone was entrusting like their health to me, yeah, it's something you I want to take really serious. And um, I, I know you're the same way, but like you, I don't know how to put it into words, but like, what do you do if like you don't know? Or like, I guess, how do you, what kind of imposter syndrome symptoms do you face with that? Yeah, that's a actually really good question. Um, and I'm glad you brought it up because that's actually the biggest thing that not only I struggle with, but all of my classmates that I talk to is just the feeling that, um, how could I be prepared to take on somebody's health, um, and put, and you know, we're four quarters in, we've almost been doing it for a full year, but there's just times where I'm like, I'm not ready. I won't be ready in a, in a year to take my first patient. Um, you know, I don't know anything. Um, Mm -hmm. but the, the good news is when we come to lab uh, at the every at the end of every quarter and we put our skills to the test um, it you're actually surprised at how much you do know yeah um, and it's a learning process I, th- I think um, just being when it, when it comes to not knowing what to do you just have honesty comes first um, building trust and rapport with the patient is uh, critical and so if you don't know what to do just say hey I don't know what's going on yeah. let me refer out to um, whatever it may be. So, yeah, I think so. This, this is just my personal experience. So maybe not everyone feels like this, but with the pandemic that we've experienced over the last over two years now, I think that like Western medicine has been put under the microscope Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are thinking about it more than they ever have before. Mm Um, as someone who is in, who's going through a Western education, um, learning about medicine and, and healthcare. Explain to people just like what the process is, how rigorous is it? And like what your curriculum is based on to become a a doctor or someone in the medical field. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's different for uh, every um, specialty, so I can't really speak on anything else besides physical therapy, but um, a typical physical therapy program is three years. Mine's accelerated, so it's uh, stuffed into two years, and um, you're just, I mean, your job, your full-time job is learning, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of something I need to rem- have to remind myself from time to time is that I can kind of, because I'm not bringing in an income, I kind of... I can feel down uh, about just not contributing to bills and things like that, but um, but I have to understand that my job right now is school. And um, for physical therapists, um, our specialty in healthcare is the movement system, and so um, the motto or the, uh, the vision vision statement for uh, the APTA American Physical Therapy Association is. Um, transforming uh, society by enhancing human movement uh, to optimize the human experience. So mm-hmm. that's our focus. It's um, bringing 
uplifting people's lives and enhancing their lives by because pain when it comes to pain and, and uh, pain-based movement surprisingly enough I mean I've never experienced it myself but it can actually really put people in um, dark places um, and you know not being able to do the things you love like playing with your kids or um, whatever playing sports if that's your thing it can it's not just physical pain, it turns into mental pain. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we're, we're helping people all across the board and I'm excited to do it. That's so true. I I don't know how many people know this, but when I was like 15 or 16 years old, I sustained a pretty significant lower back injury Mm -hmm. and I was in physical pain from that for years. And it was one of those things that I I learned how to live with the pain and, you know, I thought I was managing it, but I I ended up going through, going through some treatment to really help that like later on. And I didn't realize like how much just having this like back pain every day was like affecting my quality of life. Mm-hmm. And I guess saying it out loud now, it's like, well, yeah, it does right. gonna affect you. Yeah. But when you're living in it and it's just, it becomes just a normal part of your life, you kind of stop thinking about it. Like you stop, you stop thinking about, man, my life would be so much better if my back didn't hurt. Mm-hmm. But once my, <laughs> once my back stopped hurting, um, it, it really did change my life. Mm-hmm. Like, and as a kid, like I dealt with like depression when I was a, a young kid and, like 15, 16, 17 years old. And I don't know if those two things were correlated, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it helped. The fact that I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning because my back was sore. Right. Like, um, so yeah, that totally makes sense to me that like being in physical pain can totally, you forget how much it affects your mental, um, your mental health. But, um, I want to go back to, so your full-time job right now is, school Mm -hmm. what do you do for fun because Mm -hmm. I feel like whenever I talk to you you're always doing something with school Mm -hmm. and you need to have some sort of balance yeah so what do you what do you do for fun these days yeah balance is key um man I've always been always been a gamer and so a year ago I, I bought um my first gaming pc and uh that's mainly what I do for fun, um, is just play a lot of video games with, with my friends. Um, I also like on weekends, we'll try to get together with friends in Knoxville. Um, and you know, just hanging out with, with Leah too, just watching shows or, uh, recently we're getting back into pickleball. So <laughs> yeah, just, just, you know, normal, normal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to have something fun in your life. Oh yeah. Like, they talk we you hear this um term a lot in like the corporate world where where i'm currently at is work-life balance Mm -hmm. and like having a balance between work and like not making work your life basically Mm -hmm. and so right your work right now school is i can totally see how that can just become your life Mm -hmm. and it kind of needs to be at some level at least for these two years Mm -hmm. but um having something to do that you just enjoy is really important, I think. And that's, I've been making music every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of my escape from, I don't think whenever I'm making music, I'm not thinking about work at all. Mm-hmm. And that's been really good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, keep having fun, dude. What, <laughs> what games do you play right now? Um, right now playing Rainbow Six Siege, playing Rocket League, and just started getting into a game called Squad, but you know, just kind of whatever. And I, the, keep going. Oh, I was just gonna. I mean, yeah, it doesn't. Oh, yeah. It just changes. But um, you, do you play? Are you playing with like for people who don't under, don't understand video games? <laughs> like, are you playing with friends? Are you playing by yourself or uh, both? I mean, I playing with your friends is obviously going to be the more enjoyable experience. But I mean, I I'm 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 fine with playing yeah. by myself too. That's funny you say that because I've never been as into video games as you, but I loved playing video games and still do, but especially like college, high school years. And I think 
my I enjoy playing by myself more than with mm-hmm. friends. Like I enjoy playing games like like I loved Skyrim and yes. Grand Theft Auto where mm-hmm. I could just be my by myself in mm-hmm. the game and kind of get lost in it. I yeah. just think that's what I think I get too uh when I'm playing with friends, if I'm not winning, it's like not it's still fun, but I get too invested yeah. into it. Competi- that <laughs> like competitive it affected drive. my mood, uh, mood too much. Yeah. But um so you also talked about something that I want to ask you about, which is um just the dynamics in your marriage right now where like you said you're not bringing in any money mm-hmm. and i kind of went through that at the beginning of this year mm-hmm. when i was unemployed mm-hmm. um alexis was the sole breadwinner in our house for a few months and it was hard for me like it was hard for me i think as a man we we have like this natural drive to want to provide Mm -hmm. and you know i had to learn that um you know there's more things than money that that you can provide Mm -hmm. and when when you're when i was in that place i didn't have a job i had to really think about okay, what can I give to my wife right now besides money? Mm-hmm. Because money's not coming in right now. Yeah. For, have you experienced that? And like, what are some of the things that you try and provide for Leah um, besides money right now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I experienced that. Um, I, but at the same time, I, I, I try not to think about that too much. Um, and I think as long as I'm excelling in school, I'm doing my part. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to set us up for the future. And so... Um, but as far as providing for her um, in my own way, I would say just being there for her emotionally. Um, I'm trying to make every... We both work at home. She works from home uh, at her desk, and I work at home from my desk. And so we get to see each other a lot throughout the day. And um, just trying to make every ordinary day like special in, in that um, I um, am just present, um, mindful and, um, you know, humor, just, we laugh, we laugh. That's something that Leah and I have always been good at is just, um, just laughing together. And so, um, yep, just trying to keep a a joyful spirit in the house. But, um, man, Leah does so much for us. She, she cooks, she cleans, she, she pays the bills. And so, um, I just try to help out where I can, uh, just try to be flexible. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are going through school who are, they're investing in their life right now for a payout in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is that season where, you know, the money's not coming in. And I think that it's important to remember that like, and this, my experience for the first two and a half, three months of the year really helped me understand like there's more that you bring to especially as a man, there's way more that you bring to the marriage than just money Mm -hmm. and like helping out. I would, when, when I was, when I was unemployed, I would wake up every morning with Alexis while she was getting ready for work. And I would, um, make her lunch for her, make Mm -hmm. her coffee, try and make her mornings as easy as I could, as, as they could be. Um, and then during the day, Alexis probably wouldn't agree with me, but I tried to like clean the house <laughs> and uh, I was looking for jobs at that time too and taking care of the dog. And I think that really, um, like if I hadn't been, if I had just been solely just looking for jobs and not like trying to p- provide for Alexis in any way I could, mm-hmm. it would have made those months a lot harder. Yeah. And, um, Cause they were already hard enough. And so I learned a lot through that yeah. and it was, it was good for our marriage. How has married life been for you? Amazing dude. Yeah. I mean, living with your best friend is, is all you really could ask for in life. And, um, I mean, we, we look forward to having kids and growing our family, but right now we're just really, um, enjoying the time that we have where it's just the two of us. Yeah. Um, so yeah. How old were you when you got married? 24. 24. So 
I know you're not really on social media, Mm-mm. but I am, um, sadly. <laughs> uh, and I see stuff every once in a while. But from people in our generation around our age, like being critical of marriage, hmm. um, especially like getting married at this, like there's an exact quote from like a meme that I see get shared and it's getting married at 25 feels like leaving the party at 8 PM. Huh? And I totally don't agree with that at all. No. (laughs) And, but there's a lot of people who feel like that. It's Mm -hmm. always people who aren't married, I guess. But like if you, maybe there's someone around our age who's thinking about proposing to their girlfriend yep. and, but they're thinking, man, am I leaving the party early if mm-hmm. I get engaged and get married? What would you say to them? Uh, I would ask them what party they're leaving. <laughs> I mean, what do you, what do you think you're going to miss out on? Yeah. Um, what are your priorities? Yeah. Um, if you have reservations because you think you're going to miss out on other partners, then you probably shouldn't be proposing. Uh, you need to figure that out. But if it's uh, there, if it's some sort of idea of um, missing out on some sort of, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what it could be yeah. because to me, living with your best friend and uh, the person you love is like the greatest thing ever. So, I don't know. What, what where are your priorities? Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're in your twenties or thir- or wherever you're at and you're you're not married and you don't want to get married, I think that's great and yeah. that's fine. But yeah. if you're thinking about getting married but you have reservations because you're afraid you might miss out on something, take it from me. I don't think I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. No, and I love being married, and I can tell you do too. Um, what has been like the hardest thing to adjust to when it comes to being married, living with Leah? Um, the hardest thing to adjust to, hmm, I would say just being willing to accept um, criticism for the way you've always lived life um, and not not taking it, uh, don't be defensive about it, mm. which I, I can, I can, I definitely can be defensive just because I'm, well, I've always lived this way. Yeah. Um, so just, just trying to be, uh, adaptable and, and flexible to another person's, uh, wants and needs. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. pretty general, but I've totally, I totally know what you're talking about. It's, it's especially for, at least for me, shows up in like little things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I often ask, like, I've asked Alexis, and we've I, we've had uh, disagreements about this, where it's like, well, Alexis puts the dishes away this way. I've always put the dishes away that way. Yeah. Why do I have to change? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, yeah. why do we have to do it your way? Yeah. And it, it comes up like that. They're why, always right, Josh. Yeah. They're always right. When it comes to, like, just small things like that, I... I Early on in our marriage, I was like, well, why am I the one that has to change everything? <laughs> but uh, I've, I've learned it probably works out better yeah, if I yeah. just do it how Alexis exactly. does it. Um, okay, so I've asked this question. I don't think I've asked it to you, but I've asked it a few times to some of my guests. And I love asking this to people because it's something that I think about a lot for my own life and just for like life in general. I think it's really important to have dreams. Hmm. Um, it's really important to be striving for something. Um, and obviously you're striving for something right now and hmm. at this phase of your life, trying to finish school. But beyond that, I want to ask you, what are you dreaming about right now? Like, what's your dream? My dream is to just have um, a tight-knit family where... Um, we're open with each other, um, and we just enjoy each and every day with each other to the fullest. Um, I dream about owning a home. I dream about um, impacting uh, people through physical therapy. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. that that's a good little synopsis, I would say. That's a great dream, yeah. bro. Yeah. I, 
I think we're both probably in the phase, we're in the phase of our life where we're still like building the lives that we're going to live. And I think about this often about, um, you know, there's, it's bet maybe you don't experience this as you probably don't, but like if you're on social media, there's this like, at least for me, when I'm on social media, if I spend a lot of time, mm-hmm. I feel like I leave it thinking, man, I'm not doing enough. Mm, yes. Or my, I'm not, I'm not, uh, everyone wants to be famous. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to be like successful and rich. And I guess all those things are great, mm-hmm. can be great. Um, but also, you know, I think that that can lead to a lot of uh, disappointment mm-hmm. and shame. And like, that's what I can feel sometimes when I see like what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. And I forget who I was listening to, but they were just talking about how like the dream, like simple dreams in America seem to be dying. Mm. Like the simple dream of, having a healthy family Mm. that enjoys being around each other and like having a job, a good job that you can go to and provide, like pay the bills and all those things. It's like those dreams. It feels like are dying. Now Mm. it's like, well, what kind of vacations are you going on? Right. How, where's, how big is your house? Right. Do you live in this area? Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to strive for those things. If those are things you truly want, but I also think that we have to remember that family, like it's the small things that count. That's mm-hmm. a cliche thing. Like, but having like just a stable life is a great dream to have. Mm-hmm. Like a, uh, where you can feed everybody, everyone's healthy and everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. Like if you have that, you have everything. Yeah. And like, would you say that, um, you ever find yourself like thinking about things that you really want and mm-hmm. that, that maybe in the end won't bring you as much satisfaction? Oh yeah. All the time. Like you said, I mean, it's, that's kind of where, um, the world's priority are, priorities are now. It's, um, how big, yeah. How big is your house? What kind of car do you drive? Um, what's your income? What's the vacation? All those sorts of things, um, and and like you said, all those things are awesome, and those are great things, and they can provide a lot of uh, joy and satisfaction. But at the end of the day, are your kids, um, are your do do your kids feel uh, open to share with you things that um, they're struggling with? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have that type of relationship with your wife where? Um, I don't know. I just think I just think intimacy um, and openness with uh, and trust amongst families is kind of my goal right now. Yeah. And I don't know really how to um, breed that uh, without just kind of looking inward right now and seeing where can what can I work on in myself to prov- to be able to be that husband and that um, father one day where um, I won't have to worry about my relationship with my family. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So you, you actually just came back here. You had breakfast with, uh, your dad and Chrissy, right? Uh, uh, the dads, they actually flew out this morning to, uh, Panama city, but, but Chrissy and and my younger sibling. Well, I want to ask you this has being married changed your relationship with your dad at all? Yes. Yeah. Yep. How so? Um, I mean, um, just, we now share something that we never have before. And it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, um, part of your life. And Mm -hmm. that's, uh, your wife. And, um, and so I don't know, being, being able to, uh, relate on that level and being able to ask him, um, how to go about these huge, uh, life changes, uh, it's, it has definitely, uh, deepened our relationship and made us stronger for sure. Yeah. I would tell, I agree with you Mm -hmm. and it's changed my relationship with both my parents, but especially my dad, because like growing up in my head, my dad was like always an expert on all things Mm -hmm. and like, um, 
he had been living forever, so he knew everything. But now that I'm 25, about to be 26, I'm married. I realized that at one point, my dad was like me too, mm-hmm. where he was newly married and had no idea what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's just a like a perspective on my dad that I never had before getting married. And I feel like it'll probably be the same whenever I have kids too. Like yep. thinking, man, I don't know, like those times when I was young looking up to my dad, I'm going to be the dad yeah. Right now. Yeah. And I don't like the way I thought of my dad is not how I feel about myself now. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Which is probably the same for him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those things that you hear a lot that like when you're a kid, you think adults know everything. Mm-hmm. And then when you're an adult, you realize nobody knows anything yep. at all. <laughs> yep. I'm really living that out right now. And um, <laughs> it's fun. Like yeah. I enjoy it. And but it's just funny to think I would love to go back and like hang out with my dad yeah. when he was newly. Yeah. I want to know what what he was like. I I just I would love to know yeah. like what they were like. Do you I have a like I have a feeling that our dads haven't changed. I mean, obviously they've changed um, a lot over the course of twenty twenty five years. But in a, at the heart and soul of who they are, I don't think they're they'd be that different. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like my dad's different. Really? Well, there's obviously things that are that stay the same, like his personality and stuff. Yeah. But I feel like my dad's grown a lot. Yeah. From like, like from when I was like a young kid. Maybe it's just me that's changed. I don't know, but I feel like my dad's grown a lot. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think he would tell you like, my dad tells me that like his relationship with his brothers was not always great Mm -hmm. like um like it is now and it's not perfect his relationship with his brothers isn't perfect but i think they like they went through the same struggles any young men go through Mm -hmm. like and any brothers go through like it took a long time for them to like figure out how to um well i guess it's different for them because they're working together yeah i could not work with my brother no well, actually, I think I could. I think I could work with specifically Dylan. Dylan's, I mean, he's, the the other brothers of mine are a little too young to even envision that, but I could see myself working well with Dylan. Yeah, it'd be hard for me to work with Eli. <laughs> Shout out Eli. <laughs> Shout out Eli. I baby. don't know. When, we So Eli and I actually have worked together. Mm-hmm. We were mowing lawns together for a few years, and it wasn't great, to yeah. be honest with you, but... Like my dad and your dad, like working with their, like paying bills, your bills get paid based on not only what you're doing, but what your brothers are doing. Yeah. I think that throws a whole different dynamic. Yeah. Sometimes I think that like our childhood was unique because I like the things that the money, the income that my dad brought home he wasn't bringing it in just by himself. He was mm-hmm. bringing it in with his brothers and yeah. with our uncles. Yeah. So I often think about like, when I think about my uncles, I'm so thankful for them mm-hmm. because I was able to like, I had food on the table growing up because of what they were doing. Yeah. I think that's a unique yeah. way to grow up. Yeah. I, that just brought up a memory of, um, anytime we were at a family function, uh, May, like my dad always making sure thank the uncles. He mm-hmm. never said, "Did you say thank you to me?" He said, yeah. "No, go thank the uncles." And yeah. I, and so yeah, that is a very unique experience. It's, I mean, it's almost like we had five dads. Not yeah. exactly, but um, I mean, yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I think not a lot of people grow up like that. Yeah, where, yeah. Like our family was really like there was one source of income for the whole family, mm-hmm. and it was the the Katinas quote the katinas i think that's kind of a weird uh way to like yeah. grow up yeah. i don't know yeah like and it's like my cousins like they were eating from the same pot that i was yeah eating. I yeah know. i don't know it's it's like a different dynamic shout out to everyone who supported the katinas <laughs> yes. through the years we yes. appreciate it thank you guys so yeah. much um all right well we have a little bit of time left 
uh, I want to ask you about, we've been talking about social media. Um, and I think I talked with Eli about this a little bit, but have you been following the, uh, story with Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter? I have not much, but what do you know about it? And what do you think about it? I mean, I just know that he purchased, uh, Twitter for like 43 billion. Um, and I know that his motives were to essentially bring free speech back to social media. Mm -hmm. And I'm all on board with that. I support that for sure. One thing that, um, Musk talks about a lot, and I think he works in it a lot is AI. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to ask you as learning, learning about physical, physical therapy, Mm -hmm. do you think it's possible that physical therapists could ever be replaced by AI? No, no, I don't. Why not? Um, I mean, I, I I don't want to say never, uh, because I think especially with Elon Musk, the, the possibilities are endless, but, um, you have to have a level, you have to have empathy, um, to be a good physical therapist. And I don't know, I don't know if, uh, if you can ever program empathy. Do you think you could? Um, I do. I do. You think? I don't know. I'm not an expert on, by the way, when I say AI, I'm talking about artificial intelligence. I'm not an expert on it, Mm -hmm. but everything that I do know, I think from what I do know, I know that we vastly underestimate it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe, maybe we'll never be able to like recreate true empathy, but I think it's possible to recreate functional empathy. Mm. Um, I'm just t- like, I'm yeah. talking from someone who doesn't know anything. Yeah. But. I mean, like I said, the possibilities are endless, yeah. uh, especially with all the, the things that I know he's working on Neuralink and, uh, man, I mean, that dude's literally a genius. He's going to, he's, uh, going to be the, the one we talk about, uh, centuries from now. Um, so, Hey, I, if, Shout out Elon, and if you make a physical therapy robot, I'm gonna be a little upset, but it is what it is. Well, so this is going into because I saw him. Uh, there was an interview that he did. It meant it may have been older, but he was talking about how he thinks it's inevitable that probably eighty percent of the jobs that exist today, mm-hmm. um, sooner than later, are going to be replaced by robots. Hmm artificial intelligence yep and let's say he's right about that let's say eight one day 80 percent of the jobs that are happening well now they don't exist because robots can do them Mm -hmm. he was talking about the problems for society that's that that's gonna provide Mm -hmm. what do you do with the 80 percent of the people now who they're out of work Mm -hmm. and he suggested some form of like universal basic income, which we can talk about that another yeah. time. That's a, but there's a conversation that's being had of like, what's the value of work beyond money for humans? Like what's the value of having a job? Mm-hmm. Because let's say that does become a reality. What is everyone going to do with their time now? I wonder that. And I wonder, would that be a good thing that, oh, now you can just do whatever you want. Your money's, you don't need to worry about money anymore. Mm -hmm. Would that be a good thing for for humans, do you think? Or do you think that would be devastating? I think, I think it depends on the the human. I think it, I think it could be good for a lot of people. Um, However, me personally, I, I think a part of my purpose on earth and my calling is to be a physical therapist Mm. and to work and to uh, provide that service for people. So me, I mean, I'm sure I would adapt and I'm sure I could find another purpose and another calling, but for like, I know a lot of people, they love what they do and they uh, find fulfillment in their careers. And so for those people, no, I don't think so. I agree with you. And I actually think for most people, it would not be a great thing. Yeah, And I'm saying this, so the job that I had 
uh, before where I'm working at, it was a good job. It wasn't a job that I loved. Mm -hmm. I didn't love what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I lost that job, it wasn't just the paycheck that I lost. It was the feeling of like having... There was like a feeling of value that I lost. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't doing anything with my time. And it's not that I missed what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't love doing what I was doing at that job. But I think that there was like a, um, an element of like, I just had a job. I mm-hmm. had something that people were counting on me to do that I could do that added a lot of value to my life. And when that was taken away from me, it was hard. Yeah. Here's my question. If 80% of society is in your situation where you, you don't have to work and everyone's basically making the same income, is that what you were saying? Yeah. Yeah. Universal basic income. Everybody gets like a, a baseline check. Yeah. To provide like all for of your needs. basic yeah. needs are taken. Yeah. Care so of. if 80% of the, the population is like that, do you think, do you think you would still feel that way? If eight yeah. out of 10 people in your life were doing the same thing? Yeah, I do. Think, you think so? I think so because it, it doesn't really have anything to do with what other people are doing for me. It's mm. just more about like, having having responsibility yeah and i think we can we can complain about that but it's an important part of being human at Mm -hmm. least in my experience Mm -hmm. like having a work to do yeah even if it's not something you like to do there's a fulfillment that comes from that is there is the fulfillment the same if you're not getting paid hmm that's a good question i would say no so my, my, my follow-up question would be, if, if 80% of the population has their baseline check and w- work for, from then on out is just for your, for your fulfillment mm-hmm. and solely fulfillment, do you think the Katinas would travel? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just something to think about. Like, do you think... I don't know, I, I don't know if I would... Um, rather be spending my time being a physical therapist if it's not on providing extra incentive Hmm. uh i think i would rather just spend it with my family yeah i think you say that now Mm. that's such a good question it's hard to think about because to answer your question if i wasn't getting paid for my old job i would not have been doing yeah right there's no way yeah um so I guess like it's like I try and think if, if I'm thinking about, okay, all of my needs are taken care of. Mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want with mm-hmm. my time. Mm-hmm. I think it, I, I feel like I would, I would be missing a sense of purpose. Mm. I, part of me thinks that a lot of people would actually dive into, I, would, I don't want to say their true purpose, but what mm-hmm. they enjoy most. Yeah. So I would assume for you, that would be music. You'd be like, oh man, I can just make music all day. And in that, you could find a lot of fulfillment. You Mm -hmm. could work towards something and then you're providing, I don't know, it's not a service, it's more entertainment for other people. But it's, I mean, it adds value to other people's lives. And so I don't, maybe maybe a lot of people would turn towards the arts or I don't yeah. know. I definitely think a lot of people would turn to the arts. Yeah. Have you ever watched uh Dead Poet Society? No. With Robin I, Williams? No, I've heard it I've heard it's a really good movie though. It's a great movie. Yeah. So shout out Robin the R. I. P. The like um basic summary of the movie is it's about uh an an English teacher who's teaching literature to like a bunch of high school aged boys. Mm-hmm. And there's this amazing quote. I can't say it word for word, but it's my favorite part of the movie where uh, Robin Williams, the teacher, is like introducing the class to his students, mm-hmm. and the he's they're reading poetry, and these are a bunch of like fifteen, sixteen year old boys reading poetry. So mm-hmm. just imagine that. Yeah. And they're not really into it. Yeah. But he is making it come alive for them, and he there's this part of the movie where he says we think about people spend a lot of time 
learning science and math and physics and biology and chemistry. And he says, those are the things that keep us alive. But then he says, but literature, these are the reasons, these are what we stay alive for. Mm. And it changed when I first saw that movie, it kind of changed my understanding of like the arts are like, in my opinion, like some of the most amazing parts of life, Mm -hmm. even though they probably don't provide like physical value. Right. That's the reason. That's what we stay alive for. Mm -hmm. And so it isn't, I would, I'm curious to, to see how many people would turn to that. Yeah. If, okay, all your needs are taken care of. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. I mean, when you think of, uh, I mean, I could ask you like, what do you do for fun? Mm -hmm. And I think, 90% 90% of what people would say has something to do with the arts. Yeah, you're probably I, right. Whether it's, I mean, if you're looking at a screen, that's that's some form of the art. Yeah. If you are playing a, a video, that's looking at a screen. So, I mean, other than, well, would you consider sports? Nah. Would you consider sports an art? I think so, actually. Yeah, I think there is a level of like creativity yeah, to sports. I think I would. It I could, mean, if I th- if you consider consider martial arts yeah. an art, which I do, I think one hundred percent you could all sports. Yeah, yeah. I so Alexis and I recently we went. There's this exhibit in Nashville. It's called Immersive Van Gogh, mm-hmm. and it's a it's like a art exhibit for Vincent van Gogh's works, but it's all digital. It's like, um, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's all about Vincent van Gogh's artwork. Mm -hmm. And I'm not like a huge, like, I don't know a lot about like the fine arts and painting and Mm -hmm. stuff. But when I went to this exhibit, I was just appreciating so much. Like, I don't know why, like, I don't know, I couldn't explain to you why Vincent van Gogh's paintings are, are masterpieces, why mm. they're so great. Mm-hmm. Like the technical parts of it, yeah. I could not explain that to you. Yeah. But I, when I was looking at them, just the way that they made me feel, and the, I sound all mushy-gushy saying <laughs> this, but like, it was amazing yeah. to me. Like, there's something about that art that mm-hmm. it made, it conjured feelings with it inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think that's what good art can do is it makes you feel something. Yeah. It makes you feel things that maybe you've never felt before, mm-hmm. which is really weird to me that like seeing like the, the act of me just looking at a painting can make me feel something. Yeah. But it did. Yeah. And I'm not making it up. No, I, I believe you. Yeah. It was, I really appreciated it. And, um, that's what, that's the reason we're alive. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And, um, I see that. So maybe, maybe one day we'll all just become painters. Let's and do it, the bro. Robots will do everything I'm else. Down. Dude. Um, man, we're at fifty-two minutes. Let's I can, go. Um, I so I've done this before. Uncle Yeti really started this, and he talked about um, an experience where he met one of his childhood heroes hmm. when he was a kid. And who was it? Uh, Andre Crouch, I think. Okay. Yeah, it was Andre Crouch, a, a singer. Okay. And Uncle Yeti was young, maybe th- 12 or 13 years old. And he had a short, short conversation with him. Hmm. And Andre left Uncle Yeti with one word of wisdom. And he said, Whenever you meet people, make sure you, whenever you leave them, always leave them with a word of encouragement. Hmm. And so I've given some of our guests the opportunity to leave us with a word of encouragement. Hmm. And so I want to give you the opportunity to talk to our listeners and whatever is on your heart, just encourage us today, Jay. Yeah. Um, if anything, I'm going to share a word that has been encouraging me. And it's kind of something I mentioned at the beginning. Um, kind of what I've been doing at home is trying to appreciate every day for what it is, um, the gift that it is. And it all started actually um, this quarter. um, We've been diving into the psychology of treating patients in physical therapy. And one really big part of our practice is 
um, mindfulness. Hmm. And so when I, when I say the word mindfulness or being mindful, what do you, what do you think of Josh? Um, I think of like being present. Mm -hmm. Um, I think of like meditation that Mm kind of comes to my mind. Yeah, that's, you nailed it with the, with the first one, uh, being present, um, being aware. And, um, I mean, it's, it's hard to really appreciate life when you are stuck in your own head and you're thinking about yesterday and you're thinking about tomorrow or even something that you have to do an hour from now. Um, it's hard to be appreciative of the present when your mind is not there. And so, um, we've been uh, practicing mindfulness this quarter and how that, what that looks like is just, um, in any given moment, if you find yourself not, if you find yourself thinking about the present or the future, something you can do is just focus on, um, your sensations. So what you hear in the room, um, if you're sitting in a chair, you know, feel the, your back against the chair, feel, um, if you're washing your hands, feel the temperature of the water, uh, the rate at which the water is flowing, all of these different things. It helps you recenter to the present moment. And it sounds, it sounds, um, like mystical, but it's really not. It, it truly helps you be appreciative of the moment that you're in. And I think um, it's this practice that has helped me be a lot more grateful and appreciative of the monotony in each and every day that I've been given. Mm. One of my fears is that I'll go through life and it'll be a blink, and which I think it'll happen regardless. I think that's just kind of how life is designed. It, it flies by, but I don't want to get to the end of my life and, and think, man, I didn't really appreciate the different uh, seasons that I was in. Mm. And seasons are made up of monotony, mm. uh, made up of ordinary things. And so if you're not appreciating the ordinary, then you're not appreciating the season and you're not going to um, appreciate your life. So I would just encourage people to be mindful, to be um, grateful for the day that you have been given. Um, and yeah, that's that's what I'll leave with the people with. Awesome, bro. Yeah. Thank you so much, yeah. man. Thanks for having me. Of course. We'll, yeah. we'll do it again uh, sometime. Yeah. <laughs> sometime soon. And, yeah. and really quickly, I want to say, Josh... You probably get this a lot, but you really have been doing an amazing job. Um, I don't think anyone else in the Katina family could do it as well as you've been doing it. Um, And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I mean, we, what time did we start? Was Uh, it like a like an hour ago. Okay. Well, yeah. for for the viewers just to show this man's uh, ability, I hope this isn't throwing you under the bus, but Josh literally just rolled out of bed <laughs> and and set up the podcast. I've been up for hours. I got breakfast and and uh and I was like my I was trying to get my mind right. Josh just rolls out of bed and just and just does it just <laughs> flawlessly. So you're you're, you're leading the podcast Thank great, you, bro. bro. Yeah. Thank you. That means yeah. a lot to yeah. me, Jack. I really appreciate that. I love you, bro. Love you. To those of you listening, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.